Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. say that uh, Pastor Michelle said there wasn't a clock up here. I don't ever get in a hurry when my favorite preacher's preaching. Amen. You know, but she said something, and uh, go to Ephesians chapter 2. We want to uh, look at some things from the Word today. But she made the statement uh, when the Lord asked her to do that with her vehicle she said she made the statement yes sir you know we've learned over the years the proper response when asked for something from God is simply yes sir that's important because listen my my quickness to do what he said is evidence of my honor I mean, if you're, if you're talking to a child, your child, and you say, honey, I need you to go do this for me. I need you to go in your room. I need you to do this. And the child dawdles around and runs around the room and takes their time. Well, they're not honoring you. To honor me is to go do what I ask you to do when I ask you to do it. Honor is not, honor carries this concept of weightiness weightiness in in other words when God said to Eli he said you honor your sons above me in other words what your sons think carry more weight with you than what I think what what God has asked me to do has to carry weight with me it has to be weighty it has to be important that's why you got to watch things that you say. When, when I've talked to people over the years, and they would say, for instance, uh, Pastor, God told me to come to this church. Now, wait a minute. You just said something very weighty. You said God said. Got quiet in this Presbyterian church. You, that person said God said. Now, God's not, his activity, his way of acting, God doesn't say thing one, something one week and two weeks later change his mind. If you say God said, see, that carries weight with me because you said God said. I don't go around telling people God said if I don't know God said. And if I tell you God said it, you can, you can believe I'll do my part of what God said because God said. You see that? 
And when she reads those verses, when she read those verses from 1 Samuel chapter 2, that always hits me in my heart because of all those years ago that I found those verses and the Lord said, Philip, if you'll always honor me, I'll always honor you. And that, that's, that's over the pulpit and the, in the Kansas location. Those who honor me, I will honor. Hallelujah. People will, have asked me over the years, how can you just give yourself completely to what God's asking you to do? How can I not? If I want to honor him, I have to do what he's asked of me. Hallelujah. Do, do you remember... Uh, what, what else Eli said after that prophet talked to him? He said, good is the word of the Lord. When Samuel came to him and said, this is what God said is going to happen, Eli said, yeah, that's the word of the Lord, but he didn't change anything. Follow that on down a few verses, and you still see Hophni and Phinehas operating in the role of the priest after he had been told twice by men of God to, to not let him do that. You got you to resolve in your heart, God's not going to have to tell me to do anything twice. I'm going to do it the first time he tells me. Because that's the honorable response. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That, that, that's the honorable response. That's the response of integrity. That's the response of loyalty. If you said it, I'll do it, and I'll do it right now. Well, he's asking me to sow a seed, and I don't have all the seed. But you can commit. You can settle it right now. I'm going to do it. You can take the envelope, like Pastor Michelle said, and you can write the amount of the seed on the envelope. And when God gives it to you, you got it ready to go. You can resolve to do it. If God says, I need you to change this in my life, you can start taking steps to change it today. Right now, this morning, you, you, you don't have to wait till you can do it all. You can do it right now. Just God doesn't tell me anything twice. That, that, that's so important. That's so important. Do, do, do you see that? Because, because when God has to tell us something twice, it's evidence that there's something in me that needs to be more committed to what he's asked. I was, I was praying one day. And I was praying in, in, in the, the, I'll tell you, you got time for a couple stories? I was praying in the back. And I was seeking the Lord about some things. And I asked the Lord. It wasn't long after, after uh, uh, we had made the, 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 the change and the transition. And, and we had moved our headquarters here and moved our home here. And I was praying and I was asking the Lord. I said, Lord, you know, I don't mind doing whatever you've asked me to do. I just want to know why. Why would you ask me? Why would you ask us? And you know what he said? Because I knew you would. Brother Copeland walked into a meeting one time. He had been invited to, a, uh, I believe it was a birthday party for a, a man of some renown. And this man was believing for a certain aircraft. And Brother Copeland walked in that meeting, and when he walked in that meeting, the Lord said, I want you to pay for that aircraft. And he stopped, and he said, Lord, he said, why are you asking me? He said, there are men in here that could pay for that aircraft out of the change in their pocket. And the Lord said the same thing to him. He said, I knew you would. See, that's honor. 
It's, it's, it's not, honor doesn't think this way. I need you to do this. Well, what's it going to cost me? It doesn't matter. It's about honor. In, in a marriage relationship, you don't think, listen, if you think about the rights you got to give up, you'll never give them up. You're married. That's what you do in marriage. You give yourself for your wife. You submit your wills, your desires to your husband. That, that's what the Bible means when it says in, in the book of Genesis about he'll lord over you. In other words, now he's going to be the authority figure in your life. You're going to have to submit to the authority of that man in your life. Ladies, if you've been married any length of time, you know if you're going to submit in the marriage, it's because that man holds a place of honor to you. If you don't have a man that can be honored, it's hard to submit. But when that man's loving you as Christ loves the church, what's he doing? He's honoring you. And what happens when you receive honor? You give honor. What happens when God receives our honor? He gives us honor. What happens when we make God big? God makes us big. What happens when we say, God, this is what we're going to do for you? God says, this is what I'm going to do for you. Hallelujah. So the plan of God, the, the plan of God has to carry a place of honor in my life. Hallelujah. The plan of the enemy is to get us to disbelieve what God said about at least three strategic areas. Number one, themselves. And we're talking again about not believing the lie today. The enemy wants you to disbelieve what God said about yourself. And we talked about that in the first two messages. Secondly, he wants you to disbelieve what God said about his word. And thirdly, he wants you to disbelieve what God said about his plan. The plan of God, whatever form it may take, is the will of God for the life of the believer. Whatever form it may take, that's the will of God. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, I'll read it to you from the Amplified Bible for the sake of time. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them, living the good life that he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Now, very often uh, we focus on that living the good life, but there's something that precedes that. All right? There are those good works and the paths that we're supposed to take that put us in a position for the good life that he prearranged and made ready for us to live. And this verse applies to all believers because Ephesians chapter 1 and verse uh, uh, Ephesians 1, 1 says to the saints at Ephesus. And so this is not just something written to a select group. It's written to the saints, of which you and I are part. And Paul states some things here. He states, number one, that we are God's own handiwork. We're his workmanship. We're God's personal workmanship. Hallelujah. And then he says that we are recreated or we're born anew in Christ. We're recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew. And then he says, for what reason? So we can do the good works that God predestined and planned beforehand that we should do. Oh, hallelujah. 
That's the reason we were recreated in Christ. You know, God did not just recreate you in Christ and make you a new creature so you could go to heaven. That, that, that's a great part of it. But you were recreated to make an impact on the earth. You were recreated to make a difference where God has placed you. You know, this is something I learned years ago. Where you were born, the city you're in, the state that you're in, the county that you were put in, where you were born, where you've spent your life is no accident. God placed you there with pinpoint precision because there's a plan of God for you there. Amen. And so we're not just saved to go to heaven. If, if, if we were, then when we got saved, God would have had an angel there with a hammer and just bopped you on the head and took you on to heaven. Been like little bunny foo-foo walking through the forest, picking up the field mice and bopping them on the head. Right? Hallelujah. You are not a spiritual foo-foo. You have a plan, a purpose, a destiny, a plan for your life presently on the earth where you're at. Oh, hallelujah. And notice he says something. He says <laughs> that the good works that God has for us were predestined, planned beforehand. That's, that's the reason we were created in Christ, to do the good works that God predestined. The word pre, the prefix pre, of course, means beforehand. It means uh, 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 before a thing. The word destined, I like this word because it means appointed by previous determination. It means devoted. But here's what I like the most. It means fixed and unalterable. So the plan that God has for your life is fixed and unalterable. Now, that doesn't mean it has to happen because I have a part to play in whether it happens or not. But in God's mind, it's fixed. Everything God has placed in His Word, in His mind, it is fixed. It's unalterable. If God has said something, it has been said and it will not change. When He said in the book of Isaiah, chapter 53, He said, he said that with His stripes, with His bruises with his wounds we are healed now when Jesus was dealing with with the devil in the book of Luke chapter 4 and and three times he answered the enemy when the enemy said do this he said it is written in the original Greek we understand this that Jesus said it is written and it is presently on record what God has said is presently on record God goes to the record to determine what can be done for you. In God's mind, when, when, you, when, when you received your healing was when Jesus paid for your healing. You understand? When, when hands were laid on you and you didn't feel any more symptoms, that is not when you were healed. It is on record that you were healed when he took those stripes. I may have received what was already mine sometime later. Hallelujah. The plan that God has for your life 
is on record. It is unalterable. That is God's plan for your life. Amen. That, that, that's why there has to be a submission to the plan. Lord, what is your plan for my life? Every day of the world, I make this statement to the Lord. Father, I receive your plan for my life. I receive your plan for my life by faith. I receive your plan for my life, nothing wavering. I receive your plan for my life, sight unseen. Every day of the world, I, I make that statement to him. Why? I want him to know I want your plan. I don't want my plan. I want your plan. Hallelujah. I've had people come say, you know, Pastor, I, 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 this is what we need to do in the church. Wait a minute. Let me, let me tell you something before you tell me that. I don't even get to do what I want to do. I get to do what he wants to do. I had a person one time just pushing me and pushing me and pushing me. And finally I said, look, it's not going to do you any good to push me. I got to do what he said. I got, I got to do it the way he said to do it. Well, I just think, well, but see, that's the thing about it. The plan for my life is not based on what you think. It's based on what he thinks. The plan for your life is not based on what I think or what anybody else thinks. It's based on what God thinks. It's, it's, it's based on what you heard from God. What did God tell you? What's the plan of God for your life? Because where your provision is, is in the plan. Where your peace is, is in the plan. Where your prosperity is, is in the plan. It's not found anywhere else. You can get along outside the plan, but you'll never know complete victory until you get in the plan. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. So what we were created in Christ to do is fixed inalterably. It, 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 it just simply means that this is God's plan for my life. It won't change. Hallelujah. The plan and purpose of God for a person's life is in the mind of God and revealed to the person gradually. It's revealed gradually. It's revealed in steps. The, the, God knows the whole plan. He reveals it to me in steps. Because I, there, there's, a, there's the factor of obedience. I've got to hear and obey. And hear and obey. And hear and obey. Hallelujah. Do, do you see this? So it's the plan of God for your life is progressive with a narrowing goal. All right, it's, it's, it's moving forward to the, to the pinnacle, to that goal. It's progressive. Amen. It can be something as simple as, you know, I've, 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 I've held every job in the church, every job in the local church, I've done it. I mean, I've, I've, I've played drums, I've played guitar, led worship, usher, children's pastor, youth pastor, young adults pastor, sound man. Amen. Parking lot. Pastor Michelle's worked in the nursery. Pastor Michelle was the head usher of the church I was assistant pastor at. They didn't believe much in women preachers. So she was the head usher. Boy, them ushers were snappy too. But here's, here's my point. AV department was not the plan of God for my life. 
but I did it. But it wasn't the plan. It was progressive with a narrowing goal. Hallelujah. That's why, listen, that's why you got to commit to the plan. If, if you don't commit to the plan, you never see it come to pass. What is God's plan for your life? Commit to it. Amen. Every, every time before I leave and, and to drive to minister at the Kansas location, which we're going to be flying before long, but driving, I, I get on my knees in the kitchen and my wife and my daughter lay hands on me and we say, Father, we commit to your plan. We commit to your plan for our life. I was driving down the road the other day praying some things out. And, and, and you know, you can get a lot prayed out in six hours. And I'm praying some things out. Praying some things out about aviation. Praying some things out about our buildings. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I'll drive this six hours the rest of my life if that's what you want. I just want you to know I'm committed to your plan. I'm, I'm just committed to your plan. Amen. Because the enemy will come and try to, try to make you wonder why things aren't happening speedier. Why aren't things happening quicker? And you find yourself getting in a hurry. Your job is to keep pace with the plan. If you keep pace with the plan, it's like being on a treadmill. It's, it's, you understand? You, your job is just to keep pace with the plan. If you just keep pace with the plan, you'll be okay. Where people get in a hurry is a, where people get in a problem, they try to get in a hurry and get out ahead of the plan, or they try to back off and get behind the plan. Hallelujah. Well, you know, it's better to be a little behind God than too far out in front. I'll share with you what my pastor shared with me. Unless you get too far behind, then you'll just get somebody else. That, that's the thing. And people will say, well, but, but you know, no, listen. Whether you fulfill the plan for your life or not, you will still stand accountable for it. Because that was the plan that God fixed unalterably for you. You understand? Yeah, but I've made all these mistakes. Your mistakes don't change the plan. I fail. Your failures don't change the plan. But nobody thinks I can. Well, who cares what everybody else thinks? That doesn't change the plan. At some point, you've got to decide that you're going to honor God and not man. And you're going to give little credence to what people say you can't do and more credence to the one that said you can do all things. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I, I often think, I often think about my pastor putting that, that TV tower up and receiving something like 22 objections to putting that tower up. One of them a United States senator. And he told me, he's told me, I just had to determine, do I have the spiritual huspa, the spiritual guts just to stand for God's plan and say, this is what you told me to do. Every time I drive by that property and I see that television tower, I think I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Because that's the plan that God gave me. Hallelujah. you got to commit to the plan. You, you, when, when you see somebody that can just pick up and walk away from what God told them to do, they have no commitment. They had no commitment to the plan of God whatsoever. Amen. I knew a minister one time, and, and he would ask me to come minister at his church. And I would go minister. And the whole time he would be talking to me. He would say, you know, I just, I just don't think this is the will of God for me. And I'd say, why not? And he'd had any number of reasons. 
not enough people. And this just isn't the will of God. It was the will of God. It was the plan of God for their life. I knew it was the plan of God. His wife knew it was the plan of God. But because he didn't see the people he wanted, he figured it wasn't the plan of God. And so he, he was determined just to get away from there and go do something else. He left that church and never did anything significant in ministry again and left the earth too early. And I can tell you why. No commitment to the plan of God. There's got to be a commitment to God's plan. It's so important. Well, you know, Pastor, I'm not a preacher. You don't have to be a preacher to have a plan. There's a plan for every person. My job's commit to the plan. Well, I don't know what it is. You haven't committed to it. Go to God. Go to God today and say, I commit to your plan. I receive it by faith. I receive it nothing wavering. I receive it sight unseen. Whatever it is, I take it. Well, what if I won't like it? That's irrelevant. He said that he's the one that works in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. What God has asked you to do will bring more fulfillment into your life than anything else that you can do. It, 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 it doesn't matter what it is. When I told people that I felt like God had called me to pastor, people looked at me and would pat me on the back like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Amen. And you'd hear people say, well, I, I love pastoring. It's just pastoring would be great if it wasn't for the people. Well, there, there's no pastoring if there's not people. Hallelujah. I would tell ministers, they'd say, say things like that. And I'd say, man, problems are your friend. Problems are evidence that you got a good church. People coming and getting answers to their problems. If you don't, if, 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 listen, if, if, if you don't want problems, you don't want to deal with people. But if God called you to be a pastor, people, people are your joy. People are what makes your world go around. I love being with people. I love talking. I love helping people. Why? That's the plan of God for my life. Do you, do you understand that? Hallelujah. But back to what I was saying. I'd say, you know, God called me to be a pastor. And they'd look at me like. Hallelujah. Now, if I said I was called to be an evangelist or, woo, glory to God. Yeah, hey, how, shamba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ha. Hallelujah. Not a pastor, surely not. Amen. Well, you know what? It's, 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 been, it's been close to 25 years of full-time pastoring, and a lot of those guys that would pat me on the back aren't even here no more. Most of them aren't even in the ministry anymore because they were committed to their, their thought of what God's plan was. If, if you don't get entrenched in the plan, the trouble that comes will move you. The plan is an anchor point. That keeps me tied to what God wants me to do. You understand? Well, how, do you, how have you stood, Pastor, when things go wrong? How have you stood? It's the plan. Right? You go to God. You search your heart. You, you look at your life. Father, I'm doing what you told me to do. Now, I don't know where all this is coming from. But in the name of Jesus, I'm committed to the plan. Not moving. I'm not moving. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Am I helping you? The devil fights to stop the plan. And in order to stop the plan, he's got to stop the individual to whom the plan is assigned. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And verse 7. Now, these are familiar verses, but let's look at them. Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, to beat me, to ceaselessly harass me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord three times that it might depart from me, And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Then Paul says, most gladly, therefore, I will rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may dwell or rest upon me. Hallelujah. Now notice this. We know this is not as some say that God gave Paul this thorn. So that he would not be too prideful. That's a pastoring moment there. That's why you got to watch some of your uh, paraphrases. Because a lot of your paraphrases lead us to believe. uh, uh, One paraphrase says that, that God gave Paul this thorn so he wouldn't be too prideful. Paul was preaching a message that was turning the world upside down. The plan of God for Paul, you read it in the Bible, Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 26, you can read it. It was to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. That's what what the call on his life was, to minister who we are in Christ. Did that impact your life? Well, think think what it was doing to people that had never never even sniffed it. Paul was ministering to kings. Paul was ministering to royalty. Paul was going into cities, and the whole city was turning to the gospel. So what did the enemy decide? i got to stop the man so I can get to the plan. People said, asked me over the years, how do you not think so highly? How do, how do I not think too highly of myself? Remember, it's about the plan and not you. Devil's not fighting you, he's fighting the plan. Hallelujah. God is blessing you because of your obedience to the plan. God is working things out in your life because you're obedient to what he said. That's not just a ministry, that's that's anything that God told you to do. What did God tell you? Amen. So this was the devil's attempt to stop the plan for Paul's life which was to preach the revelation that God had given him he was, uh, to the world. Amen. He did this to stop Paul and the message from being exalted to higher places of exposure. Now, Paul asked the Lord, he said three times to remove it. And notice what his response was. My grace is sufficient. Now, that's not just settle down and write it out. What was he asking God to do? It's right there in your Bible. Remove the thorn. 
What did God say? My grace is sufficient. To do what? Remove the thorn. Is that right? To remove the messenger. And his response was, my grace is sufficient. In other words, you already have what you need to deal with this. Use my power. When, when God gives you a plan, the power needed to walk out the plans included. It comes self-contained. God doesn't have to give you a plan and then conjure up the power to help you. When he hands you the plan, it's all there. When he redeemed you from your sin, every other aspect of redemption was included. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have... Healing is not an option. It's not an add-on to redemption. It's part of the package. When he healed, when he saved me, he gave me the whole package. Prosperity is not an add-on. The problem that so many people have is we were, we were uh, born again and raised in churches where we were taught, you know, we're saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and God might heal you or He might not. Uh, God might bless you and He might not. But it all came in the same package. Anybody that's wearing shoes that have a tongue in it, did you buy the shoes and then buy the tongue? Did you buy the shoe and then buy the laces? Here, I know what it is. You bought the shoes and had to buy the heels separate. No, it's without a heel, it's not a shoe. Without a tongue, it's not a shoe. It's partial. Salvation, soteria, sozo, healing, deliverance, redemption, prosperity, salvation from sin. It's all contained in that one word, soteria. When you got saved, Everything came with it. I've just got to open the package. When God gives you a plan for your life, everything you need to walk out the plan comes with it. I just got to walk it out. It's a process of discovery. And the more you commit to it, the quicker you discover it. The more you commit to it, the, the, the quicker those things come around. Hallelujah. Do, do you see this? Glory be to God. Well, I just wish I knew what God wanted me to do. You won't till you commit. Committing to God, sight unseen, is honoring God. I believe what you said, even though I can't see it. This is what you want, even though I can't see it. When, when Pastor Michelle, you know, she got saved, I, uh, I met her and we got married shortly, about one year after she had been saved and born again. And I remember uh, uh, one Sunday, was well, Sunday afternoon, we had a minister in the church we attended from Michigan, and he was there ministering. And uh, now I was, I say it this way, I was plunking on the bass with the worship team. I've never been a great bass player, all right? I can pick out some chords, but, but I was plunking, you know? I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't, I'm not one of those guys that can be like, I'm kind of like, boom, 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 you know? But, and I, I can play a great southern gospel song. Boom, 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 boom. It's only two chords. It's <laughs> like if you know C, D, and G, you can play any country song and any rock and roll song there is. It's just C, D, and G. If you know C, D, and G, you can play, you can play any Kojic song there is. Unless it's A minor, right? Hallelujah. But, but, the, but the, 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 the thing is, 
we, we were playing, and, and the man began to minister, and he, and he came to Pastor Michelle, and he began to minister to her, and he said things to her that are happening in our life right now. Well, why did it take 24 years? Well, God wasn't waiting. He wasn't just holding off. The plan of God for your life progresses to the level of your spiritual maturity. If, if, I'm, if I'm consistently growing in the things of God, the plan moves faster. Now, th- there, there are things that just take time. There are just things that just take time to grow. But, you know, we were elated what God was saying to her. But, you know, there, there are people that had a problem with that. The plan comes prepackaged with the power. Hallelujah. The Woos Bible of that verse says, He has said to me, and his de- declaration still stands. So if it still stands for Paul, does it still stand for you? And what was that declaration? My grace is enough for you. Why? For power is moment by moment coming to its full energy and complete operation in the sphere of weakness. Now here's what a lot of faith people don't ever want to do. But I'm going to tell you, if you don't do it, you'll never experience this. There's plenty of times in your life that you've got to go to God and say, okay, I don't have the strength to do this. I need your grace. Hallelujah. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I need your grace. Because I know when I enter into your grace, power moment by moment is coming into the sphere of my weakness. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Do you you see that? That's, That's going to the throne of grace and finding grace to help you in a time of need. Lord, this is the the plan that you have for me. I don't see how I can do it. I'm weak in this area. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your power and your ability functioning in my life right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Notice he said it comes to its full energy in the sphere of weakness. Full energy and operation in the sphere of weakness. You know, just in a natural leadership from a natural leadership standpoint, I tell my leaders all the time, when nobody cares who gets the credit, we'll all succeed. Doesn't matter who gets the credit. It matters that the job gets done. Amen. Even in a natural leadership standpoint, if I don't understand that, if, if I'm not willing to say, I don't know, you have more grace here, you have more strength here, You have more knowledge than I do about this situation. Amen. There's plenty of times some of my staff will call me or email me or talk to me and say, Pastor, what do we need to do here? I'll say, what do you think? You know more about it than I do. I hear from the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will tell me what to do. But you have a natural knowledge here about how to do it. Even in the natural, you you lean to the person that has the ability to operate fully in the knowledge and the understanding. Things that I don't know about the plan, I don't have to worry about it. I have the grace of God that will teach me. That's what the Bible says in the book of Titus, that the grace of God has appeared unto all men teaching. It'll teach me. 
what I need to do. Well, I don't know how to pastor. Good thing you got a teacher. Right? I don't know how to do this. Good thing you got a teacher. Hallelujah. When, when, when we decided to start live streaming our services all those years ago, I, I got the vision to live stream our services, and, uh, and I ordered all the equipment. Got the cameras that we needed, everything. Now, understand, I don't know how to put it together. That is not my job. My job is to get the vision. Like the one, the one now I don't agree with this, but like the one, the one pastor said, he was having a staff meeting, and they said, Pastor, what do you want us to do about the crying babies? And it was the head usher. You know, Brother Tom calls my head usher. But uh, uh, now I don't agree with this. It's just funny. He said, uh, he said now, now, John, my job's not crying babies. My job is preach, pray, and prophesy. What do you do? Handle crying babies. What do I do? And they all said, PPP. He said, don't say it like that. Preach, pray, and prophesy. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, anyway, I ordered it all. You say, what did you do? I took it in my wife's office. Hi. We need to have this up and running. Well, she didn't know how to do it. Well, what'd she do? She got over in the spirit and got some grace to do it. And if you ask her how she did it today, she can't tell you. But you know what my wife says? And this is what I call her. She's a Holy Ghost button puncher. My wife goes into situations and just starts hitting buttons. It's either going to work or blow up. If it blows up, we know we shouldn't have done that. If it works, praise God, we figured it out. Amen. I, I've watched her. Somebody in AV will say, what do we do here? She'll go, I don't know, what's this do? And, well, what's this do? Just keep hitting the buttons. Eventually, you're going to fi- if it turns red, don't do that again. See, but what I'm saying, that's the way the plan of God operates. If if you're one of those people that you just want cylindrical things and you want A, B, C, D, E, F, G and turn right here and turn left here, the Holy Spirit leads us very systematically. But understand something. There's a lot of button pushing in the plan of God. The Bible says that Paul and and Barnabas were sent forth from, from in, in Acts chapter 13. It says they were sent forth by the Holy Ghost to Seleucia. And it says they got there and that then Paul wanted to go over here. And that they went by a, by a trial and error method. And they would go over here and the Holy Spirit said, that's not it. And they'd go over here and the Holy Spirit said, that's not it. And finally they got a vision. Come over to Macedonia and minister the word to us. They weren't just sitting there waiting. They were pushing buttons. Which way do we go? How do we do this? Lord, we want to do something because we know your plan for our life is this. Whatever you're doing, don't be content sitting on the bench where the bench warmers are, where they're afraid to get up and push buttons. You want to get in the game. Even if you drop the ball, you want to be in the game. Even if you miss the mark, you want to be in the game. If you fail, you want to fail trying to do something for God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
Well, if I knew if I knew everything I needed to do, you may not ever know everything you need to do. It wouldn't be called faith if you knew everything you needed to do. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Many of y'all were here when when we first got this building. You know, we were looking for other things. And Pastor Michelle and I would travel, drive around. We'd look at different buildings. And they just didn't work. We finally found this building. We had three weeks to get in this building. Three weeks. And there were people who said, can't be done. Watch this. We'll just push this button. We're just going to keep pushing buttons. Y'all that were here, three weeks later, we were in this building. Is that right? We were in this building. It wasn't as big as it is now. It, it only came to right there. But, but the point that I'm making, there's times you just start pushing buttons. I know the plan. I know where I'm supposed to go. But what do I do here? Nothing's working. Hit punch button. Pray. Pray. Whatever happened to praying? Whatever happened to praying something out? Just getting on your knees and praying. Interceding. Lord, what do you want me to do? And going to God, say, okay, Lord, your plan. Lord, your plan. What do you want? And, and spending those hours that are necessary to pray out the plan of God. I talk to people and I say, I want you to come pray with me about the plan of God. And they look at me like a dog in a new dish. Pray something out? Yeah, pray it out. That's how you get farther in the plan of God. Because it's in the mind of God. I've got to communicate with God to get what's in His mind into my life. Am I helping you? Let me hurry. I do have a watch on. I don't have that excuse. Philippians chapter 2. Am I helping you all today? The plan. When, when God wants to bless you, he sends people into your life. When the devil wants to stop you, he sends people into your life. I don't know why I'm saying this, but I'm saying it. You know, if you're single, you're looking for a young man, young woman, you better make sure they're in the plan. That can mess you up. When Pastor Michelle and I decided that we were interested in one another, the first thing that came out of our mouth was the plan. I looked at her and I said, you know, I will love you forever, but I'm a preacher. And I love Jesus more than I love you. And I will always do what Jesus said. And she looked at me and said, well, I love Jesus more than I love you. Right? Well, that was good for me because I want somebody's putting Jesus first. What does Jesus say? And I've never went to her and said, honey, this is what the Lord told me. And her say, I'm not doing it. But I've known men that would tell me, well, I would like to do that, but my wife won't do it. Wrong wife. I mean, I'm not saying you can trade her in now. I'm, I'm just saying you should have thought about that before you got involved. Amen. 
I knew, I knew a young evangelist one time that had a tremendous healing ministry. But, but he, couldn't, he, couldn't, he couldn't make it, he couldn't, he couldn't go where God wanted him to go because his wife didn't like coming and hearing him preach. His wife didn't like to hear him preach. Didn't like to sit in church. So she'd sit in a hotel and order, order pizza while he's preaching. Well, what is that? That's like having an anchor on your leg and you're trying to go the direction God wants you to go, but you have made a covenant with this young man or this young woman and you are married to them and you are one. Whether you like it or not, you are one. And, and you're trying to move your part of the body this way and they're pulling the other part of the body this way. Won't work. Well, Pastor, I, I love him. He's just so handsome. You better make sure he's in the plan. But I love her. Oh, you, I, you sure? You love the plan. You love the plan. Don't be fooled by those batting eyelashes. You get around her and you're like, oh, she smells so good. I understand. What's the plan? Right? It sounds simple. It sounds elementary. That's the key. If you're going to fulfill the plan, you got to stay away from everything that's trying to stop the plan. Amen. They have to be more interested in God than they are in you. If they love you and you tell them, look, I think we're going too fast. I think we're pressing into this too quick. They'll say, fine, we'll back off. We'll pray about it. And if it's not God's will, I'm perfectly content with that. Amen. Save you, save you a lot of heartache. It'll save you missing the mark. Dr. Summerall told the story about sitting with a man, and the man said, I know that it is God's will for us to go to Asia and to minister the gospel. I know it is. I heard from God. And his wife sitting there in the room with him and said, I'm not going. And he said, well, why not? And she said, I'm not giving up my appliances. I'm not, I'm not giving up my comfortable home. Yet he said he knew what the plan of God was. And the wife said, I'm not going. Well, you know who you listened to? His wife. And it wasn't just a few years. He was out of the ministry. It wasn't just a few years after that. He's dead. Your longevity is found in the plan. Your productivity is found in the plan. This, this is so important. Amen. Yeah, but I'm, I'm lonely. You roll that loneliness over onto Jesus and you pursue the plan. Don't let loneliness get you involved with somebody that has no concern with whether or not you reach God's plan for your life. And, and, and you can do whatever you want. I'm, I'm, I'm not mad at nobody. I don't know anything that's going on with anybody. But I've watched people over the years. I just love her. Pastor, I just love her. But she don't care anything about the plan. What about the plan? I've had relatives tell me and Pastor Michelle, well, we would like all of y'all, all of us to get together and do this. And then they'd say, but we know you're not coming because of the plan. Got that right. Because when I stand before God, when I stand before the judgment seat of Christ to receive my reward, to receive my crown of righteousness, it's going to be based on whether I fulfilled the plan not whether I made everybody happy 
You understand? And, and it goes just the other way. You might see her and she may not be as good looking as the other one, but she's all about the plan. She's all about Jesus. I'm, I'm going to tell you what. If you want to know the person you should marry, look for the girl that's coming to prayer meeting. Look for the young man that's coming to prayer meeting. Look, look for the one that's up here in the splash zone. Right? Hallelujah. Look for the one that all they got to do is hit that one chord, and they're like, oh, whoa, glory. Amen. How, you, you want the one that shouts the loudest. I got the biggest mouth woman in the church. I got the one that was shouting the loudest. I, Pastor Michelle would dance at the drop of a hat and drop it herself. All you had to say was, God delivered me. Glory to God, she's just shouting. Amen. I'm sitting there thinking, that's my kind of woman. <laughs> Praise God. They, they asked her one time, would she sing a special? And she sang a special that called, I'm Still Dancing. Oh, my goodness. That song said, I'm still dancing, but it's not the same. I'm still drinking, but the fountain's been changed. Hallelujah. I get happy. I still carry on. Hallelujah. And she'd just start dancing. And people be like, she needs to calm down. Do you know where she came from? Do you know where God brought her from? If you knew where God brought her from, you would understand why there's so much shouting and dancing and going on. <laughs> the plan. The plan. The plan. Hallelujah. You want that? You don't... <laughs> You don't want Slick Willie that shows up to church about once a month. Right? Walks into church. How y'all doing? That's not what you want. You, you want that guy that when you come into church, he's at prayer meeting on Mondays. He's at prayer in the evening. Right? When you say, hey, let's go do this, he says, I, I can't. I got Bible school. That's who you want. Why? Because he understands the plan has to be first. You understand? Because all that other stuff, folks, all that other stuff is going to fade away. It's all going to fade away. Amen. I have found that the older I get and the longer I'm married, the more beautiful my wife becomes. I have a hard time remembering what she looked like almost 30 years ago. Why? Because this is the plan of God for my life. But, but I found the plan of God. You want that person that looks at you and you say, hey, this is what God told us to do. And they go, well, it's big. We don't have any money. Let's do it. That's who, that's who, that's who you want to be married to. You don't want to be married to the person that says, oh, we can't do that right now, and, and, and how are we going to do that? Nope, you want the person that says, oh, yeah, uh, no money, looks like it's going to be difficult, in the natural very little chance of winning, let's go. Philippians 2, verse 13, let's do it. I'll read it to you from the Amplified Bible. Not in your own strength, for it's God who is all the while effectually at work in you, 
energizing and creating in you the power and the desire both to will and to work his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. That's the grace of God. Notice, God is at work within you. Say that out loud. God is at work within me. Amen. The power and the desire to do what God has planned for our life is in us. It's there. You only get God's help with God's plan. To, to desire another plan is to struggle. If I desire another plan, I'm going to struggle. Hallelujah. That's why when you find where God wants you to be at in church, it doesn't matter if it's a black church, white church, Latino church, Asian church, mixed church, blended church, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how far away it is from home. If that's where God told you to be, everything else is irrelevant. Because it's where God told me to be. Is that right? I, I had a guy one time, his wife had to bribe him to come to church. She heard me and Pastor Michelle minister, and she told him, she said, I, I want to go, uh, go visit their church. And he said two things. He said, number one, that's a long way to drive, and why would I drive that far to hear a white man? And I went, what? Oh, yeah, okay. Well, finally, he said, baby, what do you want for Mother's Day? I'll give you anything you want. She said, I want to go to that church. He came to that church, and God changed his life. And he testified. Public guy just laughed. He said, he said, I thought, what could a white man ever teach me? Well, thank God he came and learned. Amen. I had a guy come to the church one time to whip me. He was going to whip me because his son and daughter got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. And it made him mad. This was a crazy man. He came and sat on the second row. And he had planned. He said, when he gives the altar call, I'm going to act like I'm coming up the altar and I'm going to whoop him. That was his plan. Well, I gave the altar call and I was standing right here in the middle aisle. And he stepped out of that second aisle, coming, going to whoop me. And he got about five feet from me and the anointing hit him. And he went down. Whop! Say, what did he get up doing? Say, be, 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 Saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. Why? That's where God wanted his family. His son and daughter-in-law and grandchildren still go to our church today. Hallelujah. The plan. The plan. I'll have to, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not finished, but we'll just pause. The plan of God. When you start thinking, now, now I'm, I'm, I'm closing. When you start thinking, what's it going to cost me? You abdicate the plan. What it costs you is irrelevant. Isn't that true? See, that's, that's, that's the mindset. What it costs me is irrelevant. It costs Jesus everything. So I could have the plan of God. And I tell him regularly, Jesus, I'm not going to make light of what costs you everything. And ever, 
what you think about what God's called you to do or the scope of our ministry or the scope of what God's asked you to do. If it's what God asked you to do, it's the single most important thing in the world. Period. Let's just, today, just bow your heads right there where you are.